Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And on today's show, we dig into an investor story with Dan and Jane Ross, two investors who are both seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance, and in fact, are doing it. What I love about this episode is not only do we get to hear and share the story of a couple of people that are on that path, but also we actually really dig into how they're thinking about investing in an environment where interest rates are going up, how getting you know really great results in their property portfolio has transformed the way they're thinking about their future and you know what that kind of journey to this point has has looked like and how they've gotten there and also where they're going and what their goals are. And the reason I like this is because it's so real and so tangible and so easy for other people to grasp. And so if you are thinking about investing, but you're just not sure, or maybe you've started investing, but you're like uncertain in the current environment, all of this kind of stuff, it's really helpful to hear from some people who are walking the path, regardless of what is going on in the um, in the macro environment, or what they or actually understanding what is going on in the macro environment. So, I think you're going to get a lot of joy out of this episode. I personally really loved it. Dan and Jim are great guests, and um, just such good energy and such good people. So, I really enjoyed this, and I know you will too. So, without any further ado, let's get stuck right into it. I can't wait to share this with you, and I'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me on today's show is Dan and Gene Ross. Dan and Gene Ross have been working with Dashlet to build their property portfolio, but I am excited to actually get to know way more than just that and really get to know them and actually dig into a little bit of their story. Dan, Gene, how are you? Good. Good. Thanks, Gus. How are you? I am effervescent. I'm caffeinated. <laughs> I'm caffeinated. We've been having a good chat. Uh, feeling, feeling, yeah, feeling, feeling in good spirit. So, obviously, know a bit about you guys. Um, you've been working with the team for a while. I've heard loads of great stories. We've obviously had just a bit of a chat before we've come online just now. Um, but for the benefit of everybody else listening, why don't we kind of like paint the picture? Who are you guys? What do you do? Where do you live? How do you, give us give us a bit of a backstory. Tell, give me, get, paint a bit of a picture for what your what your life looks like. Yeah, I'm Jean. I'm 33. I'm a Novacastrian originally. I'm from Newcastle. This is Dan. Dan's 44. He's born and raised, um, so, you know, coasty dude. That was, uh, with, you said that in such a bit of sass. He's 44. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. younger woman and all that. Lucky Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we've got a five-year-old son, Bo. And um, I guess the way we the way we met, uh, I lived left Newcastle when I was 19, moved to Sydney for eight years to work in advertising and account management. Mm. And uh, Dan was doing his sales thing, still living on the coast. We actually met on Tinder, believe it or not. He didn't want <laughs> nice. me to say it, but I'll say it because it's true. <laughs> yeah, why uh, not? There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. That's all good. Yeah, well, it's normal these days, but eight years ago, it was probably a bit like. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we met on Tinder. And what, after about a year or so, I had enough of Sydney anyway. So packed my bags and moved um, up here, moved in with him. And I guess, as they say, the rest is kind of history. Yeah, nice. Okay, so when did? How long ago did you guys meet? Did you say eight years ago? Yeah, eight, eight years ago. Eight years ago, and um, not that age differences matter, but there's an eleven year age gap, and as you get older, the the age gap matters less. But eight years ago, that would have been significant. So there was probably a couple little quirky things there. Met on Tinder, a bit of an age gap and stuff like. That. Did you guys like know instantly that this was like the this was it, or did you had you guys na- had to navigate that yourselves, or had that's very quite interesting, I think. I think so. I liked him immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Massively, yeah. Like we, um, yeah. It, there's definitely a lot of chemistry there, and mm. you know, we connected um, very quickly, and yeah, pretty much caught up again the next night, and then 
uh, when was it? A couple of months, six months later, she yeah. was moving, moving, packing her bags to live on the Central Coast. Yeah, nice. I think I forced him to tell him he loved me and then I moved in the next weekend. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's the way to do yeah. it. Honey trap. It's a honey trap. Okay. So, so Dan, so Dan, you were 36 back then, right? What? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So what was, what was, I mean, just because I'm 36 right now as we record this, uh-huh. I think, I think I can always forget, you know, have you, when you get past 30, you can forget what your age is. It's, it's all safe. downhill from here. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, totally. So I'm interested in um, unpacking a little bit uh, what your, life was like and jim don't worry we'll talk about you in a second as well but i'm interested in unpacking what your life was like up to 36 right because i'm you know i don't want to put words in your mouth but 36 you found the love of your life you've been from picked up from that you've been doing sales and stuff like that but what happened in that period up to 36 before you started getting your you know life together you found the found your love and all of that kind of stuff. What happened oh, with that just up to that point? Okay, so basically I've grown up on the Central Coast, pretty much lived here mm. all my life since I was two. We moved up, our family moved up from Sydney. I've uh, got two brothers. I've pretty much uh, been a surfer my whole life since I was five years of age. So, you know, growing up on the coast, we, we love the beach and uh, we love to surf and and, and all, all, all that kind of stuff. With In regards to work, like I've always worked in sales uh, pretty much for the last 15 to 20 years, um, a, lo- a lot of travelling in between. So I've kind of lived, that you know that independent life um, being brought up well um, from my family so basically um, you know living on the central coast has been you know created the person I am who, who I am today as a person and um, yeah yeah well you know did your, did your did, was your family ever into like property and building wealth and stuff like that was that ever part of your story growing up like was that a part of the the family discussion not, around the dinner table and stuff not really good so basically um, when we moved up here, um, Dad Dad bought a um, bought a block of land, built a built a place, built a place in uh, Terrigal, and um, it was basically just more about getting the family together, building mm. the house. Um, my dad had a had a paint business, um, so he worked in the uh, in the paint trade um, at Erina, and pretty much, you know, we, we, we live we live pretty well. What I'm interested in understanding, and I'm, this is what I'm trying to dig into, is yeah. where because you guys have started on a bit of a wealth creation journey, right? And I'm interested yeah, to understand yeah. what the origin of that was, but maybe sure, sure. Gene, was that sure. maybe more okay. on your side, or, or which which one of you uh, spearheaded this? That's my side. So basically, yeah, mum and dad weren't really into that whole wealth creation thing. So I read Rich Dad Poor Dad probably when I was about 22, mm. and um, you know that sort of instilled into me about the value of money and how money works works for you. Um, you don't have to work for money. So it got me thinking. Well, how can I, you know, apply that? And, you know, obviously over the years, um, I sort of lived an independent life and um, basically um, got me to where I'm now. And I've always listened to a lot of podcasts and, and books and whatnot. And uh, what what triggered this whole wealth creation journey was actually a friend of mine, um, we both invested um, together about 20 years ago. Okay, so so we, we purchased a property in Wombrel. Uh, we did quite well out of it. And then um, we actually sold that. So, so my business partner at the time, uh, he bought us out, uh, and we moved on. Uh, it didn't end that well, as as you probably know. You know, you know, mates from high school owning a house together, it can get a little sort of, you know, funny. And then G moved in, and then so so we we started our own journey. It was during lockdown, so we we're like, what the hell do we do? So we moved out. We started renting a property in Terrigal, and um, during lockdown, and so I've done quite well. You know, I've obviously. You know, saved saved quite a lot of money. We've done well out of the house um, that we purchased, I think, in two thousand and nine. What do we do? So, mm. um, 
I had a lot of downtime to listen to a lot of podcasts and listen to a lot of you know successful people and it was Grant Cardone uh, that I actually listened to and I'm, I'm sure you've heard of Grant Cardone. Uncle G, man, uh, Uncle G, he does it. That's the one. Um, yeah. yeah, so so Uncle G, um, yeah, basically I, I did one of his university courses. So basically it's a sales course mm. uh, and um, I got right into it. Um, because it taught me a lot about you know what I what I do on the road and basically all my selling skills, what I've learned in my whole career, and just to sharpen those, you know, while we're getting that downtime. And um, can I can I yeah, chime sure. in really quickly? Yeah, I sure. think with the Grant Cardone, uh, just before you kind of take off on that, I think once we sold our place in Wamral Goose, uh, we found ourselves with quite a decent amount of money in the bank mm. but the properties around the area at that time had shot through the roof so yeah. we were looking we, we were looking kind of initially weren't we to buy our own yep. family home but we were going and looking at these properties that were worth a million dollars that were just terrible and yes so we we had we just didn't have quite enough money to purchase what we wanted at that time mm. so i kind of thought well, it was a conversation we had what can we yep. do with this money we have in the bank it's just going to sit there and, it's not going to make much what can we do with it in the meantime sure. how can we make this money work for us and this is when you got onto your grant cardone yeah, that's right and this all came on from there and, and this is where james like what are we going to you know we've got this money in the bank what are we going to do yeah so, don't leave it there let's make it work for it so with the sales side there was also a real estate investing um section mm. in the course that i did and i'm like huh this is really interesting so i got really deep into that gene wasn't kind of you're kind of interested but it's kind of it's in your more practical i do a lot of the market research and i'm on yeah. the i'm on the realestate.com i'm on the domain i'm doing kind of you know i'm walking around looking at checking out all the places that uh that sort of thing more in the practical sense whereas mm. you're more podcast books theoretical side of things so all that kind of stuff so, so yeah so, yes so basically goose um yes so i um yeah listened to this real estate course and got a lot out of it and i thought well how can i apply that this is all good in america but how can i apply apply all this mm. into the australian market yeah okay so and you know uh, grant talked about rent vesting and i thought well that's a great idea because we're actually rent vesting at the moment so mm. how can I apply that and i was just browsing one night on social media and um, Dashdot popped up. Hmm. So I'm like, that seems really interesting. So I actually listened to your webinar, your 45 minute presentation, and I was like blown away. And I'm thinking, this is very relative mm-hmm. to what Grant, Dart, Grant mm-hmm. Cardone talks about. And I got really excited and, and I booked in a, a discovery meeting uh, with Natalie, Natalie Armstrong. Yeah. And uh, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. That's awesome. So I personally, I'm a fan of Grant Cardone. He gets it. A lot of people don't like him because he's a loud, brash kind of dude. He's and pretty full on. He's full on. Like he's a full on, like loud American mm. kind of like uh, like. But the underlying principles about the way he thinks about real estate are pretty good. I know I'm quite aligned with them actually. So I think he's he's got some good stuff going on there. But let's um let's walk back a little bit because that's kind of told me how you kind of came on that journey. But Gene, what about you? Like, because when did you start getting an interest in, in property? Was did, was it kind of like, were you kind of looking at Dan going, dude, what are you even on about? Like, let's, you know, like at what point did you decide, ah, okay, cool. I reckon we can make a, make a go of this. Uh, I've always been interested in property in the way that I probably should have been a real estate agent because I just enjoy looking at it, seeing mm. what it's doing, seeing what the market's doing, looking at different areas. I'm, you know, I'm a sticky big in that sense. But uh, I just 
I, it was just the the idea of right. We've got all this money, and I don't want to sit it in the bank. From what I, from mm. everything I've read, from everything I've been told by successful people, you have to make your money work for you. Basically, mm. sitting in the bank isn't going to do it. Daniel came to me with this idea about dash dot, and I'm not going to lie, I was a bit apprehensive at first. I wanted to Fair know more. Too. <laughs> yeah, we've got all this money. I'm not just going to go <laughs> handing it over. Yeah, sort of a deal. Um, but then you kind of took me through. Well, you kind of. Um, what was it? The, it's like the a presentation. Yeah, the discovery, discovery. Thank you. So that took, took, took me through all this. And then we ended up speaking to, I think it was Adam, and he kind of took us through everything that Dashdot does as a business. So it's not just like, give us your money, we'll buy you a house. They, It's everything in between. Things you don't even mm. think of. Um, the demographics surrounding the area that you're buying, the house, the infrastructure, mm. the trend in the marketplaces, whether or not there's, you know, uh, government housing. Like there's mm. every little intricacy that as a first-time investor or a first-time property buyer, you probably wouldn't think about all this stuff being around your house mm. and how it affects the value of the property in the time frame you have it. Mm. So based on all of this, I was convinced, more or less. I was like, okay, these guys aren't joking. They clearly know what they're on about. And uh, we were given a few kind of successful examples and we just decided to have a go. Hey, interesting. So prior to that, okay, so so Dan read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when you were like early 20s and then started investing in 24. Did you prior, um, Gene, prior to kind of like you getting roped in by Dan to go like check out this video and like suss out these guys or whatever, prior to that, yeah. like was there any kind of, were you really thinking about building wealth? Was that a thing for you? Were you maybe like dabbling no. in shit? Just had oh. it never been part. Had it never been part of the kind of like global yeah. narrative for you, or as soon as I get money, I spend it. <laughs> so, so no, no, yeah, so. I, I'm not naturally kind of an investor. I just kind of got got interested mm. once we once we once we sold the house and mm. we found ourselves in a position where, yeah, it was in our best interest to get educated about mm. investing or, mm. or or what to do once you've found yourself in the position where you've all of a sudden got a bit of money mm. and how to kind of take that next step forward to to make something, you know, small into something big. With, nice. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah. So, sorry to really cut you off there. Dan, you, you mentioned yeah. you invested with a, uh, like a friend, like a high school friend when you bought that, yes. bought that price originally and you said it sort of got a bit messy and stuff. What advice, like, cause look, there's two parts to that because by the sound of it, Doing that is what set you guys up to now start to build a scalable, profitable property portfolio. But it sounds like it wasn't all kind of like easy. We don't need to spend too much time there, but I'd be interested to know, on balance, do you still think it was a good idea? And secondarily, what advice, because I know a lot of young people are thinking like, oh, should I just go and buy this with a mate or get a couple of girlfriends together or whatever, and we'll kind of do this ourselves. What advice would you have to people who are thinking about doing that to make sure that they don't end up in a kind of a messy situation yeah sure it's a it's it's a good question um yeah look i think yeah definitely um i don't i don't i don't look back i look back on it yes it was a great opportunity because mm. it set us up for where we are now mm. so you, you know it's those roadblocks and hard times that that make you become successful mm. um i think it was i think it was a good um obviously good strategy to get to where to where we want it to be um now advice for, for young people um i would probably suggest i mean because the because um, everything's just gone through the roof um, yeah. and, and inflation and uh, property prices and whatnot, I would I would I mean I've been advising a lot of friends at the moment okay. to rent fest, you know, or if you live at home to buy an investment property, um, you don't have to you know buy through a buyer's agent like you guys like Dash Dot, and you don't have to worry about um, 
you know, physically looking at the property or buying your own area, but but just get really well educated. I mean, you know, read a lot of books, obviously listen to the podcasts like uh, the Investor Lab and just, you know, go with your gut feeling as well. Um, and, you know, it, it's definitely a slow process, but I mean, I get you know, in our local border riders club, for example, we've got a lot of young 20 year olds and they're all successful. They're all tradies and, and, and whatnot. Um, and they're saving money and they're like, well, I've got 20, 30 grand. So what do I do with it? Mm. Yeah. And they just don't know what to do. So if it's, I can help. And so just, just on that point though, like if they were thinking about getting together with another mate, right. For example, sure. to try and do it together, what, Yep. Like specifically in that kind of combination of things, like do you have any tips that you could give to? Because I know a lot of people are thinking about it. Can you can you sure, give any tips, sure. like lessons learned about how to make it not messy? Like, would you have structured it differently? Would you have put together an agreement at the start? Would you like what would you have changed yeah. about that specific relationship? Okay. So, so how it worked, how how the relationship or how the um how the business um the investing business it lasted for so long is because i lived in the house and and luke um luke lived in victoria and he lived overseas um so you know i was i was pretty, pretty much looking after the property um when gene moved in um that's when um actually luke was living in i think france at the time america at the time and he um yeah, they they moved their family in. He didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, I guess it got pretty cozy because it was like three of us. Um, you know, we just had Bo, obviously, a five-year-old son, and they had two sons as well. Um, mm. Son, so it got so, a bit cozy. So, so they so. moved in. So everyone, you were all <laughs> yeah. under one roof. Yes, they moved back from America after about ten years and just moved themselves in. So naturally, that didn't go. How down many bedrooms? How many bedrooms were in this house? Was this like a mega four, mansion four with like nineteen bedrooms? Four? No, no, no. no they they so. were living in a one bedroom studio flat that was the bottom of the house, and we were living in yeah, the three downstairs. bedroom part upstairs. So it was all okay. very cozy for a while there. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, I would suggest my advice would be don't move in together. Yeah. Mm. And our broker at the time, um, he actually warned us. He says, "Guys, um, this might not be the best. This might not be the best." I mean, Peter likes to use everything as a worst case scenario, but he said, "Look, you know, this always ends in tears." Yeah, these sort mm. of arrangements. So, yeah, yeah. A, lo- a lot of people also forget that you get um, you get half the benefit, but but uh, you get fifty percent of the benefit, but one hundred percent of the liability, right? When you when you're setting up structures like that as well. So, but it could be a really good stepping stone. So, if people want to do that they just need to understand all of the implications and and consequences and, and all of that kind of yeah, stuff I, structuring I and, investing with a friend probably isn't a bad idea if you invest in a property that is a rental that somebody else lives in yeah but when you are both living under, in the house that you've both that's bought and someone wants to sell mm. or move out or boyfriends or girlfriends move mm. in that's when the issues arise so if you yeah. take away that personability of it and mm. just have it solely as an investment property mm. and it probably might be worth it you know, it, it would probably work a lot better. Well, the outcome would be a lot better. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, they're definitely, definitely. Let's switch gears a little bit, right? Because you guys have started investing and and um, uh, I love that you've been working with Dashdot and, and you've having a great experience and stuff, but I, I, I want to just make it make sure the focus is on your journey as well. And, uh, and what I'm really interested in, in digging into now is like, what are your goals? Like why? Cool. So you've now made a decision to start investing. You've, you're starting sure. a bit of property portfolio. We'll dig into the properties and stuff, and we'll talk about that in a second. But like, why are you even doing it? I mean, yeah, yeah, you had some money and you didn't want it to, you know, go to waste or corrode with inflation and stuff like that. But what actually specifically is the outcome you're you're aiming for? What is the goal? Okay, so so basically, I mean, we want to. I mean, I'm 44 now. Jane's 33. 
we want to be able to set ourselves up so we're you know i want to look at semi-retirement um in the next 10 years then mm. you know we've now got a roadmap to where we to where we want to be and i know this is totally achievable we want to spend more time with Bo, yeah. um maybe have some more children um and, and just travel as well you know i mean being a surfer i've traveled um, all over the world um gene likes to travel as well free up mm. some time i mean you know so many people get caught up in the rat race and you, you, the daily grind of what you're doing and i mean i love my job um but you know i want to get to the stage where you know i want to build you know we want to have a successful portfolio of say five investment properties we're at two at the moment um mm. our goal to have three uh by year one so we've already got two in the first year so we're on our we're well on our way mm. yeah why five um well five we, we, i mean you talk about in the podcast having five um is a good amount to get you where you want to be to it seemed attainable yeah mm. with what we had i think anything after five we've got to figure out how we're going to do that and we will but mm. the, the number five kind of seemed seemed realistic Mm. you know i like walking around saying 20 but yeah i know but look we might get to five and say hey well that wasn't you know let's go again you know so yeah i think the idea is we wanted to kind of get enough properties behind us that we could essentially just slow right back down on on working for the man as it were especially myself Mm. and focus just a little more on family time and managing the properties ourselves and the income that we receive from those it's kind of yeah, yeah it's a long-term goal essentially yeah. stop stop working for a boss be our own boss nice yeah, yeah. it's interesting it's interesting that you guys have picked up on the on the five being an interesting kind of catalyst point right because of course everyone talks about uh, 10 properties in 10 years and 100,000 cash flow and all that kind of stuff but it's like what what is that specifically what is that based on like what where did where did that thought process come from and what what does that what does that makeup look like and obviously depending on the properties you buy Look, the five year, the five properties, um, kind of thing, which you can do in a very short period of time, sure. that will that will give you that that optionality over somewhere between a ten and twenty year kind of time frame is probably where that kind of like you'll hit your your freedom number, whatever that looks like in that kind of scope sure. generally. And then it's just a case of like, well, okay, do I want to ratchet that forward a little bit more? Do I want to try and bring that closer? And then it's, but that's very different, right? It's you're playing a different game then versus like. How do I get? How do I put the oxygen mask on? You're just like, okay. How do I dial that up a little bit? How do I improve that? Which is a very interesting thing. So, what are you going to do once you've achieved that goal? What are you going to do with your time? You said you're going to travel, right? But you can only travel so much unless you plan on traveling just like nonstop, just just hitting the road. I'd like to be, um, you know, be more of like a mentor. You know, maybe maybe a life coach in what I love doing, like within the surfing or, mm. or maybe a, be an advisor in property investing so nice. you know, I've, I've got some goals i want to do in the next sort of 10 to 20 years and uh, and stuff like that because i think you know when, when you're you see a lot of people retire and they do nothing right so you got to mm. do something that keeps you inspired and keeps mm. you keeps you in the, into the daily grind um i'm a bit advocate for health too so mm. I believe you know looking after your body staying healthy um exercise yeah. um so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of different things I like to do for sure. Interesting. What about you, Jane? I wouldn't mind flipping a couple of houses. I've always been interested in the design aspect of things, and I like to think I'm quite good at it. Uh, I wouldn't mind giving that a go. And aside from that, I think I might just be a real housewife of Cherry Hill. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I love asking I people that. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that you'll be out of your time. I, I love asking people that because um, 
that's kind of where the really interesting stuff is. It's like, well, what are you going to do? And broadly, broadly speaking, it always fits into you know one of three categories or multiple of three categories. Something joy, love, and impact is really the three categories. So joy, something you do purely for the happiness that it gives you, like just for the just for the fun of it. And flipping could be that for you, Jen. You might be like, just I just. It's not about the money. I just want to do the thing, right? Yeah. And love, something that you do because you want to give or receive love. And that could be like spending more time with the family or something like that, right? It's because you want to be able to give and receive that kind of love or impact something you do because you want to make a difference, which is kind of like mentoring and trying to give back and trying to share that knowledge, right? That's yeah. where the fun stuff happens because it's like, well, okay, cool. So what can you do to create a life where you can where you can start doing things for joy, love, and impact. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, all of a sudden you've unlocked a new level of fulfillment, right? It's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. So yeah. I want to ask then, right, before we get into that question, I'm going to ask, a, I'm going to ask a, an interesting question in a minute. But first, you've gone from zero invest, zero properties, full stop, right? Because you sold the one that you had. So you've gone from zero properties to two properties in under a year. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about those properties. Like, are you happy with them? What's, what's, how's the performance been? Talk to me about them. Like, what has it been different to kind of what you would have done? Give us a little snapshot on what that sure. looks like so, for you guys. Sure. So, so we secured our first property um, in October last year up in uh, Mount Louisa in Townsville. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we. I mean, it's it's just built us a solid foundation. Um, I think we paid like we paid three fifty for it. Um, Nick actually at the time helped secure that. He was our property our acquisition manager mm. at the time. And, um, I mean, you know, we were in limbo. We didn't know what to expect and, and all that. And then, um, you know, fast forward six months later, we've had a 15% um, gain mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, nearly a 50% return on investment. So it's, um, you know, like, wow. Yeah, you know? it's pretty and, um, and the rent yield's amazing. The rent yield's amazing. And, 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 you know, with the Apex report and that, just the, just the knowledge and data that Dash dot have is just second to none. It's I mean we wouldn't have known any, any of this. So you're just picking up all these different pieces. You know, even speaking with Jason, you know, consistently and Adam, um, you feel as though you're part of a family. It's yeah. awesome. It's it's, it's awesome. Um, the property itself's wonderful as well. Like it's a single level cement rendered four yeah. bedroom, two bathroom, family home, easy like easy care, but really decent sized lot mm. in from what seems to be a you know a pretty popular. Like people are trying to get into the area and it's just gone what probably made eighty thousand dollars in the past year just by sitting like sitting there doing nothing and we're getting like what seven and a half percent rent yield on uh, top of it or something just, just under seven yeah something yeah. crazy like that so it's paying itself off it's 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 mm. double it's almost doubling in price all of a sudden it's just <laughs> I can tell that you work in marketing you're like yeah. <laughs> doubling in price seven and a half percent <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we couldn't have, like we we just yeah it, it hasn't we, we've been um overwhelmed with how well it's done we we, mm. we couldn't have expected it mm. to be a so easy and so successful straight off mm. the bat yeah that's but, awesome that's awesome yeah. I'm gonna circle back on that uh in a second but you bought a second one you only recently settled on that second one as well right yes yeah. just on the end of June this year and what's different what is different about that one compared to the first one like. I know they're in different parts of the country, but like, talk oh. to me about that. Like, is because what what have you noticed that's different about the two? It's a lot. It's a lot older. Like, it's a nineteen seventy style brick and tin um, property mm-hmm. uh, on in the Quina region down in down a uh, suburb of Aurelia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so half an uh, hour outside Perth city. Half an hour outside so not Perth city. Not mm-hmm. far. So, yeah. I mean, great location. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, I guess, it's a different demographic, um, mm-hmm. but there's a lot going on there. And again, you know, with the 
with this um, I mean Jason sent some of the hot spotting reports and they're awesome just to get to know and understand mm. you know what's more, what actually what's trending in the area with the infrastructure um the naval mm. base set up there's just so much going on and yeah I mean but yeah it's it's a it, it, who would have thought you know we'd purchase a property um that we haven't seen in, mm. in uh in, in Townsville in, in Queensland and then over in WA um never been you know, WA. and we live in New South Wales so it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Awesome. So now I want to circle back on, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about perspective, right? I want to talk about perspective from two specific um, angles. One, now that you've seen what can be done, particularly with the property in Mount Louisa, because the one in uh, Aurelia hasn't, I've only just settled on it. The one yeah, in sure. Mount Louisa, now that you have seen the results that you can get in real estate, mm. how has that changed your perspective around what is possible? That's one. The other piece around that is that you have bought two properties that you have never visited, in, in not even mm. in the state that you live in. Mm. How has that challenged or changed your perspective around investing and properties and 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 location and stuff? Sure, I think I think the first I think it's just taking the first step that people are afraid of, and that was mm. the big thing for me because I just thought, oh, we could lose. Investing anywhere is a risk, whether it's property, stocks, doesn't matter what it is. It's always going to be a risk, and it was just the apprehension of, oh, I don't. We've got all, we've got this money. What if we lose it? And when we could have put it into our own family home, what if we make the wrong decision? Mm. It's it's all the what ifs and the and the could happens and the maybes. You, you tend to focus on all the negative things that could happen, and we just eventually said, you know what, stuff it. Let's just have a crack. Let's have a go, mm. and we'll take the first step. So just getting over that initial hurdle of, of yeah, taking the we, first step. But were you were you like like how did you feel buying a property that you are not visiting, can't yeah. touch? Yeah, you know, like bit. yeah, interesting. Yeah, a little bit because yeah, you're really apprehensive, concerned, scared. But hey, you only live once, and look how it's worked out. We just had to. You just got to trust. You got to put your trust mm. in and, people, and you got to take risks. Like mm. you know, successful people. Um, do take risks and sometimes they don't always pay off. But I mean, this is um, this was an educated risk. This is an educated risk, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, Dash thought I've got an amazing track record. I mean, you look at the reviews, you definitely have the safe bet. Um, and you know, always, as I said, always go on my gut feeling. And yeah, yeah, we did enough was... research that we, we got to the point where we were confident enough mm. to go ahead with it. I yeah, because that's a, that's a big psychological barrier. Because I think, look, don't quote me on these stats. I'm normally pretty good on the numbers and the data, or whatever. But, it, but like, it's certainly way over fifty percent. It could be like seventy percent or or whatever of 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 investors still buy in like within driving distance of where yeah. they live. Right. So it's a big yeah. it's a big psychological barrier to get over to mm. actually change the way you think about borderless investing, and obviously mm. it opens up those opportunities. So. Anchoring back to your goals, you know, you both want to be able to effectively get more time back, be able to, you know, spend time traveling, spend time with the family, give back, become, you know, a real housewife of, of Terrigal. Um, <laughs> how, how, has, how has investing generally, but also like your, the perspective on the results that you've already seen so far, how has that changed or shaped that vision of the future from when you started not very long ago, not even 12 months ago? Like, how has that, how has that changed it? Like, I'd be very really interested to that. We're really starting to believe, um, you know, we've got this, um, so we've got this roadmap and these goals and I think, well, hang on, we, we're actually we doing do this. Yeah. yeah, we can do this. Like I was just yeah. saying to Jean the other day, we've actually got, you know, I did set a goal to have three properties in the first year and mm. 
already on on two and i'm like wow yeah looking into the third it's it's unbelievable like it it it, it really is it's definitely so yeah that that self-belief is definitely the big one big takeout for me went from being a bit of a pipe dream to hold on a sec this is a reality Mm. we can do this if we Mm. keep on like if you know if we keep on this journey sort of deal there's no reason why Mm. we can't do it how does that how does that make you feel jane Pretty good, pretty empowered, pretty pretty far ahead mm. of the of the person that's sitting at home paying off their own mortgage and is going to do that for the next thirty to forty years of their life. When you mm. think about it like that, mm. puts a smile on my face. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think honestly, I think that's the bit that I like most. Like, because properties are cool and all of that kind of stuff. But I mean, you probably heard mm. me say before, like, they're just a thing, right? They're just a they're yeah. just a vehicle, but. Once you can connect the actions that you take with the goals that you want and realize that you're on a path to achieve that thing, all of a sudden there's something in your chest where you you feel different. You start you're like, oh, holy smokes, I'm doing it. I'm gonna I'm doing the thing. This is what it looks like and this is what it feels like. It's the word you used empowering is like so unbelievably true. How does it make you feel, Dan? Yeah, great. It, it, pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as I said, that belief, that trust, and feel motivated and empowered and yeah it's just it's such a good feeling um i, I think um you know the sky's the limit um yeah. you know i mean i mean, I mean and, and, sorry you clearly outlined it in your book um you know you got the goldilocks effect and and all that all that stuff going on it's you know there is a roadmap there there's a plan in place and it's it's proven it's tried it's tested and mm. you know Awesome. That belief that it's going to work. Yeah. Love it. So I want to ask you a question now about the current environment because you guys have just bought a property. You just settled on it, right? Interest rates started going up this year, right? And you guys guys are on track. You guys have got a goal. You're going to hit five properties. And I reckon based on how you're going so far, you'll probably get that in in by the end of year two or halfway through year three, somewhere around that. So you'll probably, you'll have five properties in three years, I think is probably a safe bet, right? It's it's an easy kind of a safe bet. So you go and you guys are on that path and that's what you're you're doing it. How do you think about investing when interest rates are going up? Like the 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 media are saying things like, ah, interest rates bad, property market crash, no good, wrong time, all of that kind of stuff. A lot of negativity going on there. How how do you what are you guys doing up here to be able to tackle that? Well, again, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't listen to the media. Um, don't listen to the news because it's you know it's ninety nine percent negative. Um, mm. I know Gene does a bit, but um, for me, for me, um, again, the knowledge, you know, listening, you know, talking to Jason, checking in, checking in with Adam, checking in with your broker. Um, I mean, you know, people like Chris Raymond um, is, is a great advocate for where we're going. Um, and just the structure of your portfolio. Like, I mean, we set up our first property on a principal and interest and we locked it in fixed for three years. And, and then we thought, well, hang on, um, we, we can get the next one. Because I didn't know, I think, interest only, like, why would we go interest only? But now I'm sort of understanding mm. why we go interest only because we're not um, with the yield that we're getting in our second property. Um, you know, I think Adam was saying, you, you know, we can to break even, it'd be up to like six and a half, seven percent. So we've got uh, they're stress tested. We've got a lot of wiggle room um, where we are now. So we're not really that stressed um, with the interest going up. And and basically the the entry level pricing of the property, we haven't gone out and bought a million dollar property um yeah. so we've been advised within what how much money we've got and what our goals are yeah where, where we yeah. What, what, you know what that you know that three to sort of well that 250 to sort of 400 mark um 
we've bought it. We've been. We've been. We were presented with, and we bought a property where it would be. Yeah, that the interest rates would have to go almost up to kind of nine, ten percent until mm. it started becoming a problem, which is hopefully not going to happen. And I think what future investors have really got to take mm. into consideration is, as well as interest rates, are just getting back to the point where they should have been, mm-hmm. where they should be. We've had all these investors been having a, a great old time yeah. the part that, over the years because they've been at what zero point. or something Mm. crazy like that. Mm. Now they're just getting back to where they need to be. And it's just something that I think people, property owners, investors have to get used to. That's where they they need to be. And and I think this is the time now because a a lot of people have done well, um, Mm. but also to a lot of people are overcommitted themselves. So I think um, definitely in the next few years, now's the opportunity to buy an investment property, especially to do what we're doing. I mean, you know, we can clearly see the roadmap ahead of us um, with with all that knowledge. Um, So I think, you know, a lot of people are, Got to really just you know do, carefully do their research and understand and, and don't you know don't listen to the media because in their mindset they're like well that just was our mindset go and buy a million dollar property and yeah. you know you're in all this debt and then you've got no sort of you, you know you've got no, no way structure out. <laughs> no way out like, where you can you just locked into that that owner occupied property and yeah doesn't really open up the door for you know. And there, there are, there is a world outside of New South Wales and Victoria. But <laughs> if, if you know, if you look, at, if you look outside of those states, you can find yourself mm. some killer bargains. And these are in states and areas that are only just starting to take off. Mm. And if you like, if you get in at the right time, where we have, mm. you're laughing, sort of a deal. Whereas you've got places like Terrigal, for instance, where we live, the prices of the houses are through the roof. They, they're going to need to come down a, a little bit. Or they need to stop going up for a while to let the rest of to let to let the rest of to to normal to normalise right like they might not come down necessarily but it might stay the same until the market reaches up to them right so so couple of questions you guys are rent vesting right now Mm -hmm. any plans for that to change or do you think you're going to keep rent vesting until you've achieved your financial goals and then revisit the home ownership thing or are you going to rent vest forever. Well, I think we'll just keep going until we reach our goals and see how much cash flow and, and money we have lying around and, and then go from there. If we look at a different strategy, great. If not, we'll just keep on the path we're on. Oh, I think, um, yeah, I think um, by, by property five, um, we can re- we can look back and say, okay, maybe we do have enough now to buy our own, own occupied property mm. um, and, and draw, draw down that equity, say, from Mount Louisa. So, mm. you, you know, I think it's definitely possible after five that we can really look at securing our own property. So as you said, I mean, I said I gave, I gave ourselves five years. Um, you're saying two to three. So who knows? It might be two to three years where we're looking at a property where we want to live. I mean, rent vesting is great also. Too. I guess the only downsides are you got to, you know, you're constantly – got to move like where we're, where well, we're renting at the moment um the owners want to move in yeah um so we have to be they're giving us um to mid, mid-december so yeah. so we've got three months to move it out so that that is a hurdle but you know that's yeah. just what renting that's just part of renting i guess yeah. everybody rents has to deal with it it's upsides and downsides right so yeah, totally. yeah that's right <laughs> Cool. So I'm interested because um, both of you guys said at the start of the uh, episode that like neither of you grew up really thinking about wealth, thinking about wealth creation. You grew up in a household where that was like part of the kind of dinner table discussion, stuff like that. You've got sure. one kid right now. Did you say Bo? Is yes. that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how do you think that this is going to, your experiences now are going to change the way that you think about teaching Bo and potentially future kids? about like are you going to start to integrate that kind of like wealth education a little bit earlier like and i'm very interested how do you think 
Like if you kind of right. like superimpose that back on yourself, like how do you think yeah. that, that is going to change their story? Great question, Goose. Yeah, because uh, my parents, for example, they didn't teach me how to, to do what we're doing now. And, um, you know, I think my dad's like, he's retired now, but he's like, well, I wish I, he, he won't tell me, but he's like, I think I wish I started doing what, what we're doing, you know, five, 10 years ago, and it would have really set himself up. I mean, he's living comfortable now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bo's going to see what we're doing. And I mean, he's already asking questions, um, you know, what we're doing. So if we can, we can set up a portfolio. You know, I mean, having five properties um, and then boasting what we're doing, he's going to get that. He's going to get the gist of what we're doing and want to do it himself too. So we're basically setting up a foundation for our, a legacy for our family's future. He's got yeah. a little bank account that we've opened yeah. that he can buy his first investment property with when he gets to like 20, 21-ish. Yeah. We've, we've already started all that business. So, mm. yeah. Love it. Love it. What are you guys most grateful for? Oh, each other and our family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just the just the simple things in life, yeah. it's like, you know, where we live. I mean, you know, Terrigal's, it's a beautiful place and you, you get kind of complacent mm. um, quite a bit. But I mean, I'm also grateful for the for the hard times in life too. It's those testing hard times that build that gratitude and, you know, make you want to be more hungry and become successful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just grateful for, yeah, the time I get to spend yeah. with my family, my free time, and yeah. just grateful to be ha- at home with these guys. Yeah. Any, any time when I'm not at work, really. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty grateful for it. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Awesome. So normally at the end of these um, episodes, I ask people a question about, um, you know, if you if everything you achieve all your goals and all of that kind of stuff and then if you lost everything at the last minute um or at the part the, the moment that you passed away what are three truths you want to live i want to switch this up a little bit i was actually thinking about this over the weekend and i thought hmm here's an interesting concept imagine if you could have a billboard big enough for the entire world to see so either maybe the billboard's floating in space or maybe you get to like digitally have a billboard that appears on everyone's computer everyone's tv, TV screen everyone's phone but you get to share key message or if you've got a couple of messages that you want to share with the world you would just like you want everyone to be able to hear this message and i I kind of like the visual of like a big billboard floating in space that everyone in the world can see (laughs) it's quite a nice quite a nice uh image what message or messages would you put on that billboard mine would be the grass is greener where you water it Whether that be relationships, investments, friendships, whatever it might be, every single part of your life, the grass is greener where you water it. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Where you, where you, where your attention goes, that's what grows, right? So, that's yeah, right. I love yeah. that. So the grass is greener wherever you water it. Love that. Yeah. Any other well, messages? Me, um, I'd like to. Yeah, basically, um, make sure the people you love um, know you love them. Uh, our son Bo, for example, all the time is always saying, "Mummy, Daddy, we love you so much." Um, it's, it's it's such a such a good feeling. So you know, say it when you feel it, and um, say it often. Say it often, yeah. yeah. Say it all the time, and it's it's something that I've learned from actually actually my son Bo and, and Jean as well because yeah. I don't say it enough. But yeah, you got to you, you gotta, get too much love. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I love that because, like, you know, you're an Australian male. I'm an Australian male. Probably growing up, you know, that wasn't like the, you know, all of that. I remember personally, I was the first male in my family that I know that hugged another male. I think I, like, hugged my dad or hugged my granddad. And they were, they were so awkward about it. They were like, 
<laughs> like, oh, what is this? What is happening? Physical contact and connection. What the hell? But I'm a big advocate for. I I love I love that message, Dan, because I'm a big advocate for it. I think people need to overtly express. Like I'm a. I, I love that. And I think the more that people do it, the more people can connect on it and to share that feeling. And to, and that's what ultimately makes the world go round. So I love that. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Guys, I've loved this chat. Is there anything else that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Or is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners of the Investor Lab podcast or anything? You can say no. You can be like, no, we've said everything, dude. Just back off. Next time we come to Bali, you have to invite us over for a glass of lemon. Yeah, for a glass of sparkling. No worries. A little glass glass of booch. No worries. Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Um, For for me, Goose, um, you know, be a big message. Be inspired by others because, um, you know, successful people, I mean, be surround yourself with a group successful people um, mm. because if you're hanging around people that um you know that are doing the wrong thing or, or you know getting up to no good um it's just uh, you know if you hang if you hang around successful people you're going to build you know you're going to build a roadmap where you want to get to you kind of become your environment, become your environment. yeah, sort of a deal. yeah. you're yeah. in that you're in that you know positive uh motivational environment um yeah, yeah and you're not you, there's no negativity Love it. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Guys, thanks so much for your time. I really enjoyed digging into this. Some really cool perspectives that you guys have not only got but have gained along this uh, along this journey. And I'm I've loved everything we've been able to kind of push and pull around on this episode. So I think it's gonna be super valuable for other people as well, particularly to just kind of get some optics on people who do it right now and you know, sure. carving their own path. So really valuable. Love spending some time with you guys and and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks. Thank you.